Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello Church. I want to talk today about being shaken once more. In Hebrews chapter 12, he says, Once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. In the book of Hebrews, he was writing to Christians who were suffering persecution. They really were having their whole world rocked. If they were business people, often they would have their businesses taken away because they were Christians. If they didn't eat meat sacrificed to demons in these kind of business halls, sometimes they would be blacklisted and would not be allowed to do business. They lost their livelihoods. Sometimes they had their possessions taken away because they were Christians. Sometimes they were told, if you don't pledge allegiance to these Greek or Roman gods, then we will put you to death or throw you to the wild animals. Uh, Nero, the emperor of Rome, at one stage used Christians as lamp posts and set them on fire to light the roads. The Christians had their worlds shaken. Can you imagine? And when we hear about that, we realize that what we are going through in this modern time is not really that bad. But I don't want to minimize it. I want to say that we have had our world shaken. We, throughout this year, have had to rethink church. We couldn't meet in the ways we used to meet. We couldn't do the things we used to do. And it's forced us to rethink and to emphasize what are the essentials. You know, when I play golf, I'm not very good, but there are times in my life where I've played a lot of golf and I've read books and watched videos and had a lot of advice. And people say, if you just turn your swing this way and you hold your grip that way and you move your hips in that direction and you think this thought while you're doing your backswing and you aim at this and, you, and there are so many adjustments and thoughts going on that pretty soon I become confused. And what I find sometimes helps is if I don't play golf for several months and I don't think about all the advice and I get back and I just hit the ball, that often I play better. I don't know if you've found that. Uh, there was a joke that I heard. A man was playing golf and he hit his drive and he sliced it so badly that it went out of the golf course, out of bounds. It bounced on the road. It went through the windscreen of a bus and the bus driver was hit on the head. He crashed the bus and a whole bunch of people were injured. And this man was oblivious and he carried on playing. And about three holes later, somebody ran up to him and said, did you know that on that last hole, you hit a ball into a bus and the driver was knocked unconscious and all these people have been sent to hospital and it's been a total disaster, hundreds of thousands of pounds of damage. Did you know you did all that? And the man said, oh no, that's terrible. So when I hit and it sliced, I, I caused all that damage. All those people were injured all that harm. Wow, what, what can I do? What can I do about it? And the man said, well, if you'll just change your grip and if you'll make your left knee go before your right knee, then you'll be able to hit straight. 
That's a joke to show how golfers think. We think that we can fix everything and that any problem is all about getting everything right. But I just want to say to you that in church, we need to go back to the basics. And this year we've had to think about the basics. And so today I want to look at four basics that the Bible gives us and then talk about how we are going to handle going forward into 2021. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, on the first chapter of the church, Pentecost has just happened. The church has just been formed. 3,000 people have just been added to the church. And it says, they continued steadfastly. That's talking about foundations, the, the things that cannot be shaken, the things that are the essentials. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And we have found that we've had to go back to these things again this year. We couldn't meet in large crowds, but we could still study God's word. I want to say thank you and well done to the office staff, Heidi and Rwani especially, who and James has been involved in setting up the, the set as well. But the office staff have just gone above and beyond in producing videos so that we could have online services so that we could be continuing with studying God's word because this is one of the things that cannot be shaken amen Jesus said in Matthew 7 that if you build your house on the rock it will stand when the storms come and the rock he said is building on his word his words and so we've got to have doctrine the bible as one of our foundations we've managed to do that this year we have prospered in doing that even through the online services we've seen people around the world logging in and connecting with us the tv shows have been going out in the uk and america the leading lights website material has been going out around the world people are starting churches people are benefiting from god's word but we must remember that God's word is a foundation that cannot be shaken and we must never move away from it. God's word must be central to our Sunday meetings, to our small group meetings, to everything we do. Amen. And so I want to say if we're going into 2021 still with some shaking going on, can I encourage you to make a determination to study God's word. You say, Greg, how are we going to do that going forward? I'll tell you at the end of the talk how we're going to do it in the, the new year and what our plans are. But God's word is one of the essentials, one of the foundations that cannot be shaken. Will you stand with me and with the rest of us in saying we will not change on God's word? Other things can change. They, they can stop us meeting. They can change everything. All the rules, the whole way the world works can change. But church will still be about God's word and nothing can ever change that. And we will never change that. We will never go too much into people's opinions, ideas, theories, um, clever stories, emotional poems. No, no, no. God's word is the only firm foundation. And it's one of the reasons we've managed to get through this year so far is because we've kept speaking about and studying God's word. Well done, church, for staying with God's word, for getting closer to God's word. I don't know about you, but I've found when the shaking has happened, I've been challenged to say, what are the values that are important to me? What is, what is really 
important and what should I be living my life for? And God's word has helped me. I've been driven back to study and, and get deeper into his word. And so, Lord, we're grateful for the shaking because what cannot be shaken remains. Amen. The next thing it says is fellowship. They devoted themselves or they continued steadfastly in the fellowship. We know that they met in large groups and in small groups. A few verses later, it says, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness, simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So they met in large groups and in small groups. We have been severely challenged with how we meet. We've been told we can't have meetings of more than 40 people. For a long time, we couldn't have any meetings. And yet we've tried through Zoom, through phone calls, through every possible means at our disposal to keep meeting because it's one of the foundations that cannot be shaken. And again, I will share a little bit later about what we plan to do going forward in the new year. But I just want to say, please don't ever give up meeting together. I mentioned the, the people in the early church were under severe tribulation. Let me just read you a couple of verses from Hebrews chapter 10. Remember Hebrews 12, he says, there's a shaking going on so that what cannot be shaken remains. Listen to Hebrews 10, which describes the shaking they were going through. And then describes he also describes what he says they should do about it. Hebrews 10, he says, Recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations. So people uh, excluded them and demeaned them and made fun of them and insulted them. Then he says, And partly while you became companions of those who were so treated, they were linked by association and they were made to be the scum of the earth. That's hard. But then he goes on to say, For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. They had their goods taken away. We know that some of them were threatened. Paul was put in prison. Others were put in prison. And some lost their lives and willingly were martyred, were willing to give up their lives rather than give up Christ. And that is the shaking they went through. But listen to what he says in Hebrews 10, just a few verses before, verse 24. Let us consider one another. This is one of the foundations. We consider one another. Friend, I need you. You need me. We need each other. Let us consider one another. In order to stir up love and good works, we are, we are able to stir each other up to be closer to God. Are you out of fellowship? Have you tried and struggled and the shaking has made you lose fellowship? He says we've got to stir each other up. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. As this shaking happens, one of the things that cannot and should not be shaken is I must meet with other Christians. It's an essential, friends. It's an essential. We have been sorely tested and tried. We have come through well. People have been amazing the way they've loved each other and tried to help each other. But we need it more. And again, I'm going to talk a little bit later about how we're going to go forward with this. And then lastly, he says in Acts 2, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, 
in the breaking of bread and prayers. This talks of worship together. We break bread, we remember Jesus' death for us. We pray and we sing together and something happens. I've mentioned this before, the BBC reported it. They did a scientific study. They put heart monitors on a congregation of Christians. And while they sang worship songs, their hearts all started beating at the same time in synchronicity with each other. Because something happens when we break bread together, when we pray together, there is a power that's released. There is a unity that is given. We need to worship and pray together. The Monday day and night prayer meeting has been amazing this last year. More than 20 people every Monday they've prayed. It's been incredible on Zoom. Uh, there are other prayer meetings, Thursdays, various other times, Sunday mornings. Uh, worship, when we worship together, even though we haven't been able to sing, people have lifted their hands, they have mouthed the words. Uh, we've been amazing the way we've kept doing this foundational thing. And I want to say without it, we are not safe. We are not strong Christians. It's one of the foundations we cannot do without. When there's a shaking, we mustn't give up God's word. We mustn't give up fellowship and we mustn't give up worshiping and praying together. Remembering Jesus' death through worship. When we sing songs, it's not just mouthing words. Something powerful is happening. It's a foundation that must not be shaken. So how are we going to move forward? Friends, first of all, we need a determination that we are not going to stop. No matter what happens, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what 2021 holds. But one thing I do know is we will preach God's word. We will meet together in whatever way we can. And we will worship and pray together and break bread. We must do these things. The passage in Acts ends by saying, praising God and having the favor having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And this is just continuing with this theme of being shaken once more of how the church is a foundation, the church itself. He says, the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. They got saved, but that wasn't enough. After being saved, another step had to happen to them. They had to be added to the church, joined in, knit into the church. The Lord added to the church those who were being saved. I'm of the opinion that this shaking that we're seeing around the world at the moment is going to cause a refining in people's lives. You remember in Matthew 7, Jesus said, the storms come, the winds blow, and if the house is built on a rock, it remains. But if it's built on sand, then it doesn't remain. It gets shaken and broken. And when the times of shaking come, we are forced to look upon our lives and say, what have I built my life upon? What have I relied upon? What have I believed? What have I sought refuge in? Is it my money? Is it my social status? Is it my own personality? Is it my happiness? Is it trying to please other people? And in times of shaking, if we've built our lives on something that is sand, we get an opportunity to rebuild on the rock, the rock of God's word. And I believe many people are going to get saved and many people are going to get added to the church. You say to me, what does saved mean? 
Well, it's explained in this very passage in Acts chapter 2, just before Pentecost has happened. Peter has been preaching to the crowd and he's told them that Jesus was crucified for their sins and that God allowed his son to be killed. And in verse 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So this is the first step in being saved. You have to hear that Jesus died for you and it has to cut you to the heart. You have to believe it. You have to see in your mind's eye Jesus dying on the cross for you, for your sin. Not just for general sin, for your sin. And it cuts you to the heart. Peter replied and said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. These are the next three steps that happen in a person getting saved. We repent, which means we turn away with godly sorrow. We turn away from those sins that caused Jesus to be crucified on the cross for us. We turn away from them. We say, I'm turning away. I'm starting again. I'm being born again. It's a new life. The old me has died. Then we get baptized in water to symbolize that being buried the old life is being buried and I come up as a new person and then we get filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, they spoke in tongues, they prophesied. So this is the act of getting saved. If you want to boil it down to its very minimum, it's believing. Several times in the Bible, we're told, believe and you will be saved. But if you're going to go to the full experience of being saved. You need to believe, which will always lead to repentance, which will lead you to getting baptized in water, which will lead you to getting filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit and changed and empowered. And that is what happened to them. And so I need to ask you, my dear friend, in this time of shaking, in this time when the things that can be shaken are, are shaken and only what remains is real and true, Will you be saved? Will you call out to God? Will you say, Lord, I can't save myself. Religion can't save me. My money can't save me. All these other things I've relied on are, are temporary and, and not reliable. Lord, I want to be saved. Lord, I have sinned. Please, would you forgive me? Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive your blood to forgive me. I confess my sins. I turn away from them. Lord, I'm going to find somewhere to get baptized and to get filled with the Holy Spirit. That's saved. But then it says at the end of Acts 2, the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. So a whole lot of people were saved. They went through this process of repenting and having their whole lives changed completely. But then they still had to be added to the church. And we believe strongly that part of the shaking will cause people to be added to churches, not just to be attenders now and again, not just to be vaguely interested or maybe watching something on, online or, or, or on TV, but actually added to a church where you join with them. It says daily in the temple courts and from house to house, they ate together, they worshiped together, they broke bread all these things happened to cause them to be added where they're knitted 
into a church where you know people and they know you, where your gifts can be contributed to the mission of the church and to building other Christians up, where you can be working together with a body of believers to grow a church in a certain area. Have you been added to a church, friend? Not just attending, but added. Are you numbered as part of that church's body? So the government have recently announced that we as churches and all gatherings must stay within a maximum of 20 people. We are allowed five organizers on top of that 20. So effectively, it's a limit of 25 people. Children under 11 in activity groups can be in bubbles of up to 30 people. And meetings in homes and around restaurant tables are limited to 10. And that's all people included. So adults and children. So how are we going to handle this? We are going to do several things. Number one, we have planned to have children's ministry continuing throughout this time. All children will gather together at the Grand Hotel in the Park Suites area, which is to the left and down a corridor in the Grand Hotel. There is a big room called the Leopold Room. There is a big foyer area. There are toilets. There is a cinema that we can use. And then there are a couple of small meeting rooms. And that area is perfect for children's ministry. We want to have a good, good children's ministry every Sunday morning where your children can get discipled. They can fellowship with other children. They can learn about Jesus. They can learn to worship and they can grow in Christ because children matter. So the first thing we are going to continue to do is have children's ministry every Sunday at the Grand Hotel and we can have bubbles of up to 30 children. So we are confident that we can accommodate all of your children and they can bring their friends. There may be some signing in requirements, but you will find the details for all of that on our website. Secondly, we want to have a service in the Grand Hotel, a live in-person service for the parents of children who are attending the children's ministry. And the details of those services will be on our website. The main emphasis though for us going forward is going to be on small group meetings. We've read in the book of Acts how they met in the temple courts and from house to house. And so we want to have reasonably large meetings up to 20 for some people, but mainly house meetings where we can have a maximum of 10 people. Some of those may be less than 10 and some of them may not be in homes. They may be in coffee shops or restaurants or public places, again, though limited to 10 people. We have a list of names of people who are part of our church mailing list, and we will be contacting you and inviting you to one of those small groups very soon. And if you cannot attend a small group or you do not want to attend a small group for any reason, 
So if small group meetings are not for you, then we ask you to email us at the church office, office at lighthousejersey.com. Again, office at lighthousejersey.com. Email us if you cannot or you do not want to go to a small group of up to 10 people in a home or in a public restaurant or coffee shop. And we will see if we can somehow accommodate you. We are also having meetings in the west of the island at Lekenabe School. Those will continue throughout this period. However, we may not have children's ministry at those meetings because the children's ministry will be concentrated at the Grand Hotel. Many people have asked us about our church Christmas retreat on the weekend of the 4th, 5th and 6th of December at the Hampshire Hotel. We are planning to continue with that retreat, but the emphasis will be more on fellowship and fun, and the meetings may be limited or restricted. Because of the maximum number of people that can meet, we may not be able to have all the meetings, especially the men's and ladies event and the Sunday church meetings. We will probably not be able to have those but we will be putting all the details on our website just to say that the meals are already fully subscribed for the Friday night, the Saturday night and the Sunday lunch. We are hoping to still do some of the Saturday morning activities, especially the children and teenagers swimming event at the Merton Hotel. What will the small group meetings be like? Well, a small group will gather together. You will have a leader who will be there to organize and to make sure the meeting runs smoothly. We will give you a 10 or 15 minute video that you can watch together. Then there will be some discussion questions that you can talk about. You will ask each other what you can pray for. You will be encouraged to have communion together as often as you can where you break bread, you drink something together, you remember Christ's death, you pray and you thank him for his death. You're praying for each other, you're praying for the church, you're asking questions, you are ministering to one another and sharing your gifts with one another. They will be between one and two hours long, although you could have social activities, you could have meals together. And those small groups will be the, the core of our church going forward probably for the next few weeks or months. And after the lockdown has come to an end, we're hoping that those small groups remain strong and multiply because small groups are important. On our website, you can see how to get onto our online service and that will continue throughout this period. So you can still partake of that. We are gonna go ahead. You know, the church has been under incredible pressure in the past and it has always thrived and grown and come out stronger and we are believing that we will be refined like gold that what is impure will be taken away and that what remains will be stronger and purer and more valuable and we are excited and looking forward to seeing what God does in our small groups in our kids ministry in the west in our other meetings and in our personal lives that we would grow as Christians. Do not give up meeting together, friends. Do not give up.
God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.